Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. We are so honored to have you in the house today. You are always welcome here in the house of faith. You know, at the beginning of this year, Sarah and I sought the Lord together, and we believe we got a word from him, but it wasn't just a word for us personally, uh, not just for our ministry, but for our partners and people who are watching and are part of this broadcast all over the world. You know, we went before him holding a pretty impossible situation, and we got a word from him. He said, it can be done. No matter what you're facing today, I want you to hear that from the Lord. It can be done. We want to take you right now to a service that we held not long ago right here in this room, family night. That's what we are. We are family in the house of faith. We want you to be a part of this service with us. Get into the word of God with us and listen as the Lord would speak to us. It can be done. Whatever impossibility you're facing right now, you need to point at that thing and say, I'm with God and he's with me and it can be done. Let's go to family night. You're going to be blessed. In the book of Matthew chapter 19, Jesus said in verse 26, looking at his disciples, it says, he looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With men, this is impossible, but with God, say it with me, all things are possible. Now, if you've been at family night over the last uh, couple of months, or if we've crossed paths anywhere in, <laughs> anywhere in the world over the last few weeks, you've heard us talking about this. This has become so real and so big on the inside of us. And for lack of a better word, we got stuck. We just got stuck right here in the words of Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever been stuck in scripture before, but it's great. Don't try to get out. Don't try to move on. If you're stuck in a place, what do I mean by stuck? I mean, Dale, you know what I'm talking about, man. Every time you open the word, it just sort of seems like you go right back to that same place. And you would think that after a few weeks, you know, let's move on here, but don't be quick. Don't be too quick to move on. If you're stuck somewhere, it's because the Holy Spirit wants to say something to you. It's because there's things to see about it that you don't yet see and that you need to, that he wants you to. And we have been stuck right here. In the context of this uh, chapter, what's going on in, in Matthew 19, you see it in Mark chapter 10. It's the rich young ruler. It's the, the invitation that Jesus made to this guy who was very sincere in his approach to Jesus, very sincerely desperate. Good teacher, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? There's a lot of lessons in there. The one I see most clearly is here's a guy that's got all the stuff and still something. He's well acquainted with the whole inside. You know what I mean? And he's come to the right place. What do I need to do? He's come to Jesus and Jesus talked to him about the commandments. They had a conversation about it. He said, yeah, I've done all that. And Jesus looked at him and he loved him. That's what the Bible says. It says he looked at him and he loved him. I love that because whatever's about to come out of Jesus' mouth is coming out of this place of love for him. Now, of course, he loves everybody. We know that. But the Holy Spirit made mention specifically of the love that Jesus, that rose up in his heart for this young man in this moment. He said, one thing you lack. Wouldn't somebody just love to hear that from God? One thing, Johnny, one thing, man, that's it. But Jesus said to this young man, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell what you have, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Take up your cross and follow me. And of course, he got all excited about it, right? Woo, praise God, that's it. All right, it's gone. 
No, that's not what happened. The Bible says he walked away sad at this word, sad at the word of Jesus. Why? Because he had great riches, had a lot of stuff, material things. He walked away sad. He walked away empty. Jesus turned around to his disciples and he used this as an opportunity to say, it's hard, guys. It's hard to get a rich man to enter into the the kingdom of God. And then he went on and he clarified, he said, it's it's hard for those who trust in riches to enter in to the kingdom of God. You know, for a long time, man, I read that as it's hard to get a rich guy saved. And there's some truth to that because when you're telling somebody, you need Jesus, you need what God has done, you need what Jesus has done. And they say, yeah, I hear you, but look what I got. What do I need him for? Evidently, I don't, you know. And Jesus is saying, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to get somebody who trusts in riches to enter in. But I don't think it's just Jesus saying, it's hard to get a rich guy saved. He's saying, it's hard to get him to enter in to the kingdom of God. I think the way we might say that is go all in. Just go all in. And that's what Jesus invited this guy to do. Go all in. Take everything you've got. Put it in the kingdom. Go all in for the kingdom of God. And as he's teaching his disciples this, they looked at him and said, well, who can be saved? And that's what Jesus said. With men, it's impossible. When he said this is impossible, this is what he was referring to. Who can be saved? With men, you can't save yourself. The word impossible literally means no strength, weakness. It literally means it can't be done. You know, you don't have the strength to save yourself. You don't have the strength because it's not mental strength, it's not physical strength, and it's certainly not financial strength that will save you. You don't have the kind of strength you need to take yourself from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. You can't do it. It's impossible. But Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. With God, it can be done. And that's the word that's just been reverberating in our spirits for weeks now. It can be done. It can be done. Whatever it is you're facing that looks impossible, you need to hear the word of the Lord to you tonight. It can be done. Man, I want it to come to you with the same force that it came to us in the last few days of January. I've told you this already before, but just in just, I think it was January 4th, maybe January 5th, something like that. We were getting ready to leave for a trip. And uh, we were speaking in Phoenix, Arizona, and I had sought the Lord for several days leading up to that time. And I said, Lord, what do you want us preaching on? And he said, I want you to go have a care casting party. You tell them how to cast their cares. And I preached a message to him called, who cares? Who cares about you? Who cares about your family? Who cares about your ministry, your business? Who cares about your health? Who cares about your finances? Who cares? The answer is Jesus does. And so for days, I'm, I'm letting this just, I don't know, marinate, if that's the right word, on the inside of me. I'm just meditating on casting all my cares onto the Lord. And this is something I've preached and enjoyed preaching for a while now. And as I'm getting ready to just, just really hours away from getting on the airplane, I get a text message from somebody. And I won't get into the details of the situation, but basically suffice it to say, we had this very impossible situation just sort of 
dropped in our lap. What are you going to do? And I looked at that and I'm thinking about it. And it just, like I said, seemed like we didn't have the strength that it was going to take to deal with whatever this was that we're dealing with. And it was, all of a sudden, I saw so clearly that it was not ironic that I'm getting ready to go preach my guts out on who cares about you. I knew right then I'm about to go to Phoenix and preach to myself for three days. And we went, we had already determined even before we got that text or knew anything was coming, we had determined that in January, we'd be turning off the television. We'd be uh, fasting some, some foods that we like and just some fleshy stuff. And we were going to press into God like we hadn't. We we're going to press into prayer, press into the word. And we had already made the decision. We're going to pray in tongues like we haven't in a long time. And that's already kind of my go-to prayer. Somebody asked me, a good friend of mine, not long ago, a few years ago, he's like, you still pray in tongues, right? I'm like, what are you talking about? I still pray in tongues. He's like, well, I don't know. A lot of people are not doing that as much anymore. I was like, bro, that's almost all I do. But I sense the Lord saying, press in. More, more, more. And we did. And for 30 days, we prayed in the Holy Ghost. We pressed into the things of God, spent more time in the Word, just letting Him love on us and us worshiping Him. And it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. But at the end of 30 days, I finally felt like I got the interpretation of what I was praying. You want to know what it was? 30 days of praying in the Holy Ghost. And this was the interpretation. It can be done. That was it right there. That was it. It can be done. And I have just a little bit of experience standing on a platform, sharing a stage or a pulpit with an interpreter in another country, speaking another language. And I'll, I'll give this big, long statement, you know, a paragraph or so. And then I turn to him and he says, and that's it. And he's like, really? That's all I said? After all that, that's, that's everything I said. Okay. But that's kind of how I felt like after 30 days of praying in the Holy Ghost. And Jesus says, here's what you've been saying. It can be done. It can be done. Say it out loud right now. Say it with me. It can be done. And I hope that's bringing joy to you the way it's been bringing joy to us and sustaining us and keeping us excited and pressing on in the things of God. And the more I have thought about this statement, I've been looking at it in other translations, just want to find out what Jesus was saying. We talked about what the Weist translation says about this, where Jesus said, with men, what that means is in the presence of men, as men look at this, it's impossible. That's what it means to be with men to be in their presence and to see it the way they see it. Well, what does it mean to be with God? It means to be in the presence of God, to look at it the way he looks at it. See, that's what takes something, a situation out of the realm of impossible and puts it in the realm of possible. It's not that the natural elements of it changed. It's not that the diagnosis changed or that all of a sudden you've got the money you need now. That's not what takes something first from impossible to possible. What takes it from this realm and puts it in that one is that you see something different about it that you hadn't seen. 
that somehow, somewhere the light came on in you and you, you spent enough time in the presence of God where you started seeing this thing the way he sees it. And that really, we've talked so much about this and I don't want to re-preach everything to you, but that, that's what needs to be our first prayer. When we step up to something that looks like it can't be done and looks impossible, the first prayer doesn't need to be, Father, I need the money. Father, I need the healing. I need the symptoms to go away. That's not what's first. What's first is, I want to see this thing the way you see it. I want to talk some more about that tonight. But the more I've meditated on this, I mentioned this to you, I think, maybe last month or the month before, but I really got to spend some time with it today. The more I think about it, the more I realize this Bible, this book, is just a book of impossibilities made possible by God and by people who got with God. That's why we've been talking so much for weeks now and asking us this question, who are you with? Because that's what takes something, whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you will face, that's what takes it out of impossible and puts it in possible is who you with. The answer to that question right there can take something out of the realm of impossible and put it into the realm of it can be done. Who are you with? Who are you with? And the illustration I gave you, I won't get into all of it, but you remember what it is to stand in a line trying to get into a place where something's going on and you get up to the door and there's a guy there not letting everybody in. And he's going down a list of names and he asks you for your name. And if your name's not on that list, you're not getting in there. But how good it would be to stand there. And even though your name may not be on it, to have the guy who paid for this place and whatever's going on in there to pull up right behind you and say, it's okay, it's okay. He's with me. She's with me. And you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with him, right? And even though your name wasn't on that list, you were with someone who is. Are you with me so far? And I feel like I'm, this thing's getting bigger in me and I'm getting all jumbled up here. But this is what we've been talking about, what it means to be with God. And the more you think about this, I'm talking about from page one. This thing that we hold in our laps is nothing more than a book of impossibilities made possible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And what was on the face of the deep? Darkness. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And light is just a preposterous thought at this point. That's just crazy. But in the face of that, God looked and he said, what? Light be. And light was. He said, light be and light was. Impossible. And one thing right after another, one right after another, one right after another, things that were impossible became possible. You think about the life of Abraham and Sarah. Here's a man who God called at 70 years old, leave your father's house. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. They had no children. And one day the Bible says the Lord himself showed up and started talking to Abraham. And he said, by this time next year, you're going to have a son. You're going to bear a child. Sarah's going to bear a child. Do you remember what she did? Who remembers? She laughed. Ha! Ha! And we tend to do that, don't we? When somebody 
presents us with an impossibility. Oh, yeah. What's that laughter mean? Yeah, right. I'd like to see you try. Ha. But what'd the Lord say? Why is Sarah laughing? Why is she laughing? You don't want to hear the Lord say this to you. You do not want to hear the Lord look at you and say, Dale, what's so funny? What are you laughing at, man? And he asked them this question, is anything too hard for the Lord? What are you laughing at? Is there something that's too hard for the Lord? And one thing right after another, I went through the day just thinking about everything the Lord had, had done. Uh, the, the exodus of God's people. You talk about an impossible situation. People who have been in slavery and bondage 400 years. These people aren't getting out of here. Are you kidding me? This is impossible with men. And God sent a man named Moses, called him, anointed him to lead his people out. And he brought them out and it was not subtle. He did not sneak these people out. He delivered them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And it was demonstrative. And it was one miracle, one impossibility, one right after the other and brought these people out. And then he got them out. And then what? They stood at the Red Sea. Now what? You talk about a rock and a hard place. Okay, we die out in the sea or we die at Pharaoh's army chasing us down. This is impossible. Yeah, unless you're with God in this and this whole thing's about to split wide open and you're going to walk across on dry, on dry ground, on dry land. That's an impossible thing made possible. Why? Because they were with him and he was with them. That's what this whole book is. One impossibility after another. And then they get, after everything God had done for them, they get to the, they spy out the promised land and they come back and say, no, what they say, can't be done. Can't be done. Why? Walls. Walls. No, seriously, they're really tall walls. And there's people there and they're tall. So can't be done. And in the middle of that, Caleb and Joshua, you remember this? They start yelling at these people, shut up, stop it. No, they said, the Lord is with us. He's with us. He said, their protection has departed from them. He's with us. Let's go. We can take it. Man, those people were about to stone them. And it wasn't for another, what, 40 years? Until finally that whole generation died. The it can't be done generation died. And the it can be done rose up. And they went to take that land. So now what? What do you do with the walls? Here's what we're going to do. Walk around them. That ought to do it, right? We're not just going to walk around them. We're going to walk around them and then do it again tomorrow. And then again tomorrow. And then again tomorrow. And then the seventh day, we're going to walk around them seven times. That makes sense. No? Not much? Well, here's what we'll do. We'll get around it seven times and then we'll just start yelling. This is an impossible situation. This is a, this is a bleak outcome at best. Not likely, improbable that you are getting inside those walls, but God was with them and they were with him and the walls came tumbling down, praise God. One impossibility right after another. I was thinking about even the life of Jesus. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, 
for God was, say it with me, with him. God was with him. There's the source of every miracle in the ministry of Jesus. God was with him. You step up to a lame man and God says, oh, it's okay. He's with me. A blind man. Yeah, he's with me. And Jesus heals him and delivers him. Every time, what was the source? What was the power source of that miracle? God was with him. Who are you with? Who are you with? I got to thinking about this and praying over it the last couple of days. And I mentioned this to you, the, what God said to Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? He said the same thing to the prophet Jeremiah. Nothing is too hard for me. And I think sometimes we have taken that and we've equated it with everything's easy. And there is an element of truth to that, I believe, that there are things that seem hard to us, not just hard, but impossible, but to the Lord, they're, they're easy. Well, everything's easy for God. It's easy for God. And, and yeah, there's some truth to that, but I don't think that's the whole truth. Just because nothing's impossible doesn't mean everything's easy. Go to the book of Ephesians. I'm going to show this to you. You look for Ephesians. I'm going to read something to you out of the book of Mark. You remember this. We talked some about it a month or two ago. In Mark chapter 9, a man had brought his son to the disciples to be healed and they prayed for him and he wasn't healed. And then he brought him to Jesus and he said to him, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and heal my son. But what did Jesus say to him? You remember this in Mark chapter nine? He said, if you can what? Believe. Mark chapter nine, verse 23, Jesus said, if you can believe. So it's not just about Jesus ability. That's what this guy was coming to Jesus on. If, if you can if you can do anything, have compassion. But Jesus said, it's not about my ability. It's about you getting with me and me getting with you through what you believe. That's what connects us. We are connected to either men or God by what we believe. See, those, all those spies that went into Canaan land, they saw that situation a particular way, except two of them saw it a different way. They saw it how God saw it. And because of that, they believed something that everybody else didn't believe. See, that's what's, that's what's going to have to happen in our lives. That's what's going to have to happen in our ministries, in our families, when everybody else is looking at the same situation and you got 10 people and nine of them say, it can't be done, it can't be done, it can't be done, it can't be done, all the way down the line until they get to you. If you're going to have a different opinion about it, you're going to have to see something that everybody else doesn't see. And when you see something that everybody else doesn't see, you'll say something that everybody else doesn't say. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith. Thank you.